Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast uh, from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and today bringing you a very special uh, preview uh, podcast featuring Steve Harmison looking back at his career as an English cricketer and picking out the best playing eleven he ever came up against uh, representing India. Of course the Test Series getting underway on Wednesday at Trent Bridge, the first of five Test matches eagerly awaited too and uh, TalkSport 2 and here on the following on podcast, the Cricket Collective will be bringing you a proper all-singing, all-dancing uh, Bollywood extravaganza. OK, maybe not. But it will be uh, it'll be brilliant and it will be dropping into your uh, podcast feed uh, early on Tuesday morning. So without further ado, uh, let's begin by hearing the very first uh, member of uh, the all-time Steve Harmison playing 11. Story of the day. My test debut was against India in 2002. Played against India in 2006. Played one day against India when they came over just before the Champions Trophy, I think in 2004. 2006 in India and 2008 in India. Um, And here are the 11 players that I thought were the best that I came up across. Well, I tell you what, when we were talking about this before, the first name that I suggested uh, would be in that 11 is wasn't Sashin, wasn't Ganguly. Uh, he still gives me nightmares. It's got to be Verenda Sewag. Yeah, you had to get him early. You had to get Verenda Sewag early. In England, you had a little bit more of a chance for a little bit longer period. Um, but if you didn't get him early, boy, you made it count. And the one innings that just typifies Verinda was the Chennai. The Chennai 2008 Test match will crop up a lot yeah. in this because of the, the fourth innings and the way they came. I managed to That's play the one that still time. gives me nightmares. It does. It gives me nightmares as well for the wrong reasons, because even though it gives me bad nightmares, it gives me the good ones at the same time without being contradictive, because we went back <laughs> for a reason of terror, the terrorist attack. And that, for me, going back like that was, was a good thing, and it was the right thing to do. And the Indian people, I think, benefited just a small amount for the, the, the joy that, that fourth innings came in. Verinda Sirwag took us to town. He took us. Me and Jimmy Anderson didn't know what day it was. You know, we bowled a 90 mile an hour exercise out. So we bowled a touch wide, but he kept uppercutting me over the top of backward point for six. And we put two men back on the fence and he just kept hitting it over the top of them. He was a ridiculous player. I managed to play alongside Verinda in the World Eleven game in Australia. What a lovely man. What a fantastic man. Alongside Ralph Dravid in that, in that team. But Sirwag at the top of the order. Was he uh, as 
or is he as uncomplicated a person as he appeared to be uh, as uncomplicated as a batsman? See ball, hit ball kind of thing. Yeah, he seemed to be. He loved a, a laugh and a joke when you when, when I played alongside him um, in, in Australia. But he was, it was just simple. If you could, if you could manage to get him yeah, in and around the sort of chest, yeah, sort of throat area because his hands followed the ball. I think there was a game in Ahmedabad. I got him, I managed to sort of bounce him out. And that was the way I was trying to go with him. But if you didn't get him early, the ball didn't bounce as much. And then all of a sudden he came into his own and he cashed in and he went hard at you. And if he got in, boy, he took the game away from you. you know, some of the some of the strokes he played. I remember somebody telling us a story about Leicester and they were saying, what happens if you've got a reverse swinging ball? You know, Leicester dressing room, asking him for little snippets at face and reverse swing. He just said, try and hit it out of the park, get it changed and they'll bowl with the one that's not reverse swinging. That was Verinda simple, but he was a fantastic player. So Wazim Jaffa uh, is his opening is the opening partner of Verinda Sayway. What was uh, what were the challenges that you uh, came across trying to bowl to him? Yeah, he was a top player. Was Wazim Jaffa? I wasn't sure. The, there was two. There was two spots, two or three spots. I, I really struggled with getting into this eleven because we probably weren't household the, the, the big household names like Sachin or, or Raul. But and when you look at it, I thought Wazim Jaffa was a fantastic player. He absorbed the game very very well. Good foil for Verinda Sirwag. Uh, played against him on my debut and also in the, uh, I think the first test in Nagpur when Alistair Alistair Cook made his debut. Wasim Jaffa got 81 in the first innings, 100 in the second innings. He was a real thorn in the side of just trying to get to trying to get Sachin or trying to get Raul in and out before the ball stops moving, which opened up the, 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 the middle order, exposed that middle order. But Wasim Jaffa was a very, very good player at, you know, just, just, just taking the game, slowing the game down, and absorbing the game. He was a very, very good player. So back in two thousand and two, it was my, it was your first uh, tour against India, or your first series against India, and it was my first tour in the in, in the cricket industry. I was working for uh, Channel 4's website, doing the old desktop Richie, and uh, I worked out at the end of that series that I'd spent over twenty four hours watching Rahul Dravid bat. Um, and I told that to you a few months ago and you replied, well, I spent over 24 hours bowling to Raul yeah. Dravid. He was a, a phenomenal player, an absolute phenomenal player. Well, one of the greats of the game, one of the greats of all time for me, Raul Dravid. Another one that played along with Verinda in the World Eleven game. What a lovely human being um, Raul Dravid is. He didn't go into commentary after the after after test match after his test career had finished he went into coaching tells you everything about Raul Dravid that he wants to give back he wants to give his his knowledge everybody you speak to have got nothing but great words to say about him his ability to bat with tempo at the the game's need I thought he was he was a very very good one day player as well as a, a fantastic test match player got a lot of runs on on my on my debut and then you know subsequently went on he had everything he played all around the wicket um his temperament was fantastic his ability to to play the long innings and concentration span was ridiculous and he had every shot in the book he was one of the one of the modern great players and somebody uh, the, the, this the test match game seems to have, have moved and evolved on from because it's all crash bang wallop well Raul could do that, but he could do it in a, he just did it in a stylish, stylish way. He was a top, top player. 
We, of course, uh, covered the India series, didn't we, earlier this year. And Kevin Peterson, who was part of our team, um, told us a story about how Raul Dravid had actually helped him out with his defensive technique. He was getting out to uh, predominantly left-arm spin bowlers. And Raul Dravid just sent him a few notes about uh, how he should go around practising to get past the problem. Um, anybody who can give KP an a, advice and KP listen to it and take it on board uh, just shows that, A, uh, he's got it. Uh, and B, as you say, he's going to be a terrific coach, possibly, probably the next India coach. Yeah, probably the next India coach. I would imagine once Ravi Shastri decides that his time of touring has, has come has come to either an end or he wants to slow down and, and, and you know, the next man comes through. Don't think there'll be anybody better. Nobody better. Who would not want to listen to Raul Dravid? If Kevin Pearson can listen to Raul Dravid, you know, Raul Dravid can make anybody listen because KP listens to nobody. Unless yeah. KP's looking in the mirror, he listens to nobody. But Raul Dravid managed to get him to understand you know, the, how to play spin bowling, especially left arm spin. Um, and I think he'd be a, he'd be a wonderful coach for, for in, the India cricket team moving forward. Well, it's all about uh, the best batsman, isn't it, playing at four? Pretty much, pretty much. I know that there are uh, obviously some uh, who come in at three, but what can you say about bowling to Sachin Tendulkar that uh, hasn't been said a million times before? Absolutely, John. And this guy is the god. He's the god of cricket, and he is the god of cricket. I, I always said Ricky Ponting was one of the, probably the best player I played against. But for the game of cricket, it, it's all about Sachin. It's all about Sachin. The, the way the guy looked after himself, the way the man conducted himself in in and out of the cricket world, media, his private life, everything about him was wonderful. And that's not even talking about his batting. His batting was his batting was ridiculous. He could take a ball from outside of off stump and hit the ball anywhere he wanted. He just picked that bat up, and it was a heavy bat as well for somebody so small. It was a heavy bat. The game in Chennai, at the end of the game, when Yuvraj lifted him aloft, we came off after the chase 360 and managed to win the game after the terrorist attack. I didn't know whether I wanted to cuddle him. I didn't know whether I wanted to punch him. I didn't know whether I wanted to just take him home to meet my mum and dad because the guy is just, he's just such a, he was such, so humble and gracious in victory because once the euphoria had come that it, it came over. He came over and thanked every one of the England team for coming back to India after what had happened four or five weeks earlier. And it was, that's the same before, nice nightmares, because it was all about making the country feel better. And Sachin, for every single one of his international days, all the way back from 1990, he made that country, he, made, he makes India feel good about themselves and he makes Indians feel good about themselves. And when you're on the field, you know when he's walking around it. You know when he's coming out to bat because the noise is just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I remember a game. Remember a game in Chennai, and Matt Pryor is trying to teach, try, try to tell me to move because I've gone for a wonder. Sachin's batting, and I'm 30 yards away from Matt Pryor, and he's sign language, and there's 65,000 people going mental. It's a wonderful sight when Sachin's at the crease. Not great when you're bowling at him, but when you know you're in greatness. In 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years, we're going to be talking about people that have played the game that are great. The likes of Black, what talk about Bradman and WG Grace now. I'm thinking of Shane Warne, I'm thinking of Matai Murilithran, I'm thinking of Sachin Tendulkar will be high, high up on that list. 
Can't speak highly enough for the man as a person. And he was a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Okay, well, from a god to a prince. I was at Lords a few years back uh, when India were last here and there was this uh, work experience guy and uh, Surav Ganguly had asked him to go and make him a cup of tea or get one. I've never seen someone so terrified to get the tea wrong. In the end, I had to make it for him. I know how to make a good cup of tea, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Surab Ganguly carries himself with an air of, of regalness. Um, he would be quite suited to a, a life at Buckingham Palace, I think. What was he like to bowl against? He was a difficult character to bowl against in test matches. I bowled against him a couple of times when he played for Lancashire. and He just wasn't interested. So that was that was a lot easier than what it was when he was playing for his national country, in his national badge on his, on his shirt. My test debut, I managed to bowl him for 99, which pleased a lot of people because Sarav, Rab, he, rubbed a, he rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way, did Sarav. Um, whether it was intentional or whether it was just the way, the way Sarav Ganguly carried himself off. But you talk about players, you know, the modern-day batsman at the top of the order, being able to hit in power players. He had just a, a lovely style, a lovely manner. He'd be able, he's a birdie to time the ball, pick the ball up from... From off from the offside to hit it onto the leg side, or from, to hit the ball inside out over the top of extra cover, he was a he was a very very good player and somebody who, in that in that middle order, he just accelerated the game away from you when he got going. And like I said before, ninety nine on my test debut, um, it was it was a one that made everybody chuckle and everybody happy from an English point of view and possibly around the world, because sometimes when you do either dislike somebody or you have a few choice words with you do see like you do like to see them not quite get to the big milestone but when you when it comes to admiration and admiration now what he's doing for the game in India you know, in charge of the BCCI again he is somebody who is looking to develop the game and make it a better game that we all love how can I forget about Yuvraj Singh <laughs> Yuvraj was it was an interesting one with Yuvraj because I, I was heads or tails do I go Yuvraj or Lachman um, a lot of people will be watching this and see that Lachman was a much better player. Just remember, this is the team I played against. I only played against it's, your, it's your list, Harmi. It's your list. Yeah. I only played against Lachman, I think, a couple of times. Um, and I played against him a couple of times in one-day cricket. But I think Yuvraj, in that Chennai game, proved what a you know, fantastic player he was. The one-day series leading into it, he kept hitting. I think we played in Baroda. I'm not sure if it was Baroda. Really short boundary, India chased 340, and 340 that time was a lot of runs. We weren't even in the game. We weren't even in the game. He was hitting Freddie's low Yorkers, nearly full to low full tosses over the side screen for six, even though it was a small ground. He, this boy had talent. This boy had ridiculous talent. You know, he picked the bat up elegantly, looked at, looked to hit the ball. He had a swagger about him. I thought, I thought Yuvraj Singh was a, a lot better player than, than, than maybe his average and his. Any statistics look for looked uh, looked uh, at, but um, good stint in Yorkshire county cricket. I thought Yuvraj was a good good player, and he was. He, that's why he just shitted over Latchman for me at number six. Okay, so you didn't actually play in the game. He was run out for ninety nine. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But um, your careers, I guess, would have just about crossed over. Yeah, just about crossed over. He played. I think. I think he played in the the two thousand six six series. Um, and then played against him in, in, in 2008. What can you say about Mahindra Singh Dhoni? I think the, the way he conducts himself, the way he carries himself, the way his leadership qualities are, are phenomenal. 
Um, as a player, he looked as though he was just not interested when he was keeping wicket. He looks as though he's the most uninterested wicket keeper that I've ever seen, but you very rarely see him drop a catch. When it was important, he didn't drop it. I think you, know, you, you, throw, you throw balls into him on the deep and he'd stop them with his pads. He'd looked as though it, he, he looked as though he was an absolute shambles. But I tell you what, he didn't drop many catches. When they were there to catch, he caught them. He switched on just at the right time. Um, and his batting was brilliant. His batting was brilliant. He could take the game away from you when needed. He was very, very brave. Go hard at him. I remember a couple of times going hard at him, bouncing him you know, in many occasions just to try and ruffle the feathers and it would just let him hit his chest and he would stand there, big chested, head going forward. The guy was a, the guy was a proper warrior um, and, and a leader that took over from, from Sarah Ganguly. He took take over straight away from Sarah Ganguly. But that leadership quality that they both had um, stood in India in good in in, you know, in good stead for, for for years to come with with young players going through and speaking to a couple of people who have played alongside him in in Chennai and they just say what a, what a great man he is what a top man he is and yeah that came across I must admit that came across didn't get a chance to speak too much to to many of the Indian players because they always seem to be sort of cut off from from the opposition in their own little bubble in their own little world but. Uh, Mahindra Singh Dhoni will go down as one of the all-time greats of the modern modern generation. So let's talk about Anil Kumble. For me, the only story or anecdote I've got is that in the 2009 World Cup, the World T20, Anil Kumble bought me a curry. That's it. That's my only story about uh, Anil Kumble. I'm guessing your stories are a little bit better than that. Yeah, I've got them in my team because anybody that can get 10 wickets in innings in a test match and 100 in a test match is a phenomenal cricketer. And he was. He's unbelievable. He was the ability to not do what your brain's telling you to do to Anil Kumble was the hardest part probably about facing him. You know, I was number 11. So you're telling yourself not, you know, the top order batsman, telling yourself not to cut him, not to cut him when he drags it down because it just goes flat and goes straight on. And then by the time they've decided that they're going to cut him, the stumps are everywhere and they've been bold. He was just a phenomenal, he was a great, great cricketer, um, great leader. Um, good coach when he's when he when he managed to to sort of to get him get the job. He you somebody that conducted himself very very well, very feisty. If I remember being on the field, he was a he was a competitor. He would be in he, he was not massively in your face, but he you, you knew you were in a contest with him. The, the chest came towards you, and then when you bowled at him, he wasn't somebody that backed away. You could get one or two bounces around the around the sort of around the helmet marking. You feel as though, right, I'm in with a chance here now. We could intimidate him. You couldn't really do that when Anil, he, he, was, he was brave. He got stuck in. Um, and he was somebody who, he was a, a true warrior, a true competitor for, for, for the Indian, Indian cricket team. But like I said, the bag of wickets that he's got, you know, 600 test wickets. And that tells you everything. He is a proper, proper legend. Well, uh, any Indian side is probably going to have two spinners in your 11. You know, it's a bit of a different um, state of affairs nowadays, of course. But uh, uh, you talk about competitors. Well, this guy was a huge competitor. If you go up, if you go back to what Australia, when Tim Payne with Australia said, I can't wait to get you back to Australia. I can't remember who was that. There was many times a lot of bowlers said that to Harbhajan. A lot of times. A lot of bowlers, when Harbhajan came out to bat, more often than not, you got an old ball, can't. He sort of can't do too much intimidation, um, and with a ball, with a bat, he would belt you. When you got in favourable conditions, 
you you as a bowler and a quick bowler, you were going right. I'm not going to try and get you out for about four or five balls. I'm going to try and get you. I'm going to try and get you because yeah, you're annoying. You know, you put your he's a competitor, and he yeah, he would he would back his corner, should we say? And, and but with the ball, he was fantastic. He was absutely brilliant with the ball. And you look at Cumberland at one end and Harbison at the other end, and you know, fast forward a few years later when when England went to India and won. I think the difference was the two spin balls. If Harbison and Cumberland play, it's a different game. Uh, this guy was a this guy was a, an excellent cricketer. He was a competitor. There was a challenge on everything. And he questioned everything that other people did. I'd imagine it'd be a nightmare as a teammate if you misfielded or dropped a catch, because he was he was always at you. That was just the way he was. Uh, I don't think there was too much malice in it. I just think he was he was one of these. He's a bit like Peterson. He was he was Kevin Peterson. He was somebody who his mouth was probably three seconds quicker than his brain, and it, it just came out. And then all of a sudden, you know, he worked he worked round worked round. You know, his thought process was worked around after that. But take nothing away from Harbidjan. He bowled with Cumbler, and there was a, a lot of talk about Cumbler being the leader. This, this this guy was as good, if not not if not better than Cumbler. Um, he was a, he was a proper prop, and he was dangerous with a bat as well. But he was a proper proper bowler. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I like the fact that you talk about MS Dhoni about trying to hit him in the chest and he took it. You talked about trying to bounce out Kumble and hit him in the chest and he took it. And that seemed to be your uh, go-to method against Harbhajan Singh. Um, okay, up to now, I've been totally on board with the players uh, that you've selected. So tell us about why Munaf Patel is uh, in your uh, top eleven. We played against Munaf Patel in a, in a warm-up game, and we managed obviously we managed to get him in the side. And he, for me. Was as, as good a right arm line ball as I'd I'd seen. The, um, Mohammed is it Mohammed Asif, the Pakistan bowler, literally six months earlier, did exactly the same same to England when uh, got in through a warm up game and then produced the goods when it came to mm. it. Again with the opening batsman, it was probably one place. The, the the two slots where you probably had three or four players who could come in for it. You know, I can think of 
Gambia at the, at the top of the order with Jaffa, but I can think of maybe Shrisanth or Ashish Nehra or uh, Ife and Patan um, to go. But I went with Munaf because I thought there was there was times in that in that series in 2006 where you know, he he just stuck to off stump and he he bowled beautifully. He bowled beautifully and he didn't have the enthusiasm that Trinath had. Irfan um, Patan, well. I just thought he was a better bowler. I just thought he was a class bowler. And I also thought when he comes he comes to England on you know, English surfaces, he was he was a handful. But when I played against out of the ones I played against, I thought Munaf Patel was a was a very, very good bowler. Not too dissimilar to what Javagal Srinath I managed to play against play with Javagal in two thousand and three, I think it was, for Durham. And what a man he is. What he was there for four games and the education I got of Javagal Srinath, and it was probably, yeah, it was just after the 2003 World Cup. And the education I got just by talking to Javagal Srinath about sort of lengths to bowl, where to sort of target pads, little little subtleties with the seam. Um, and Munaf Patel, for me, was something similar to, to what Javagal Srinath was. Obviously not on that level and that scale for a long period of time. But I just thought that that Munaf Patel had a lot of ability, um, and that's why I picked him in my eleven. Okay, well, one player to go, and there's no doubt whatsoever who this person was and how important he was for India for so many years. I remember back in 2011, a couple of years after you retired, and India came to England as world number one. England needed to win that series four nil to replace them at the top of the tree, and they did so. Uh, not without some ridiculousness along the way. Stuart Broad hat-trick at Trent Bridge, I think. But the biggest moment of that series was on the first day of the first test, Zahir Khan, who'd taken both the wickets to fall, walked off with a side strain, didn't see him again. And that was India's chances because back in those days, they only really had one absolute gun-fast bowler and he was it. He definitely was it. What a bowler. Any India, Any bowler that bowls in India... Seam wise, and that gets over three hundred Test wickets. Has has had a good career, a fantastic career, and he was a proper bowler. Zaya Khan, county cricket. He played a, a bit of county cricket, and he was excellent over here with the the, you know, the Duke ball swinging and seaming. But I thought his his knowledge, his ability to move you across the um, across the crease, as it from a batting point of view, um, he was a fantastic. He was an unbelievable bowler. And again, when you go back to the the Munaf. Patel one, do you go with that? Ashish Nira, who was a good left arm seamer. Patan was a good left arm seamer, but there was only one left arm seamer, and that was that was Aya Khan. Funny man, top man, you know, a good sense of humour, um, and and somebody I enjoy playing cricket against. Uh, didn't play a great deal against him, but he was he was a he was a he was a champion for India, and like I said before, three hundred Test match wickets as a seam bowler, he can swing the ball both ways. He could make the ball. A little bit like Jimmy Anderson. He didn't really need the surface to get the ball to move laterally. Um, and anybody that can do that from a skill level is, uh, is hats off. Well, a big thanks to Steve Harmison. And if you like uh, content uh, along those lines, uh, that uh, is available on Steve Harmison's YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget the Cricket Collective featuring Neil Manthorpe and Steve Harmison will be back on TalkSport 2 and dropping into your podcast feed on Tuesday morning. Uh, And then it's over to Trent Bridge and following play of 
every day myself and Harmy will be bringing you the following on podcast uh, and also uh, a little bite-sized um, review of the action over on Steve Harmson's YouTube channel. So plenty of content to come and uh, plenty of cricket too. Hope you'll be following it here on the following on podcast. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.